Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. It's the Wednesday night, Wednesday, 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 when is the day? Wednesday, Night Wars podcast right here on Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, YouTube.com, slash Fightful, I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, and we are going to be talking about the Great American Bash, Night 2, Fighter Fest, Night 2, lots of stuff happening, lots of big news on both ends, we've got a lot to cover and we are going to be doing it here tonight with all of you joining us live here. And we appreciate it. Thank you very much uh, for joining us here and su- showing your support for the podcast. Coming over here. Uh, you can also show some support for Fightful as well. If you head on over to FightfulSelect.com, which is, uh, which is the, the premium service of Fightful. So you get all the news and the scoopsies and whatnot on Fightful, but then on Fightful Select, you get, well, sometimes you get the scoopsies a little ahead before, a little before everyone. You get some, some exclusive news. You get some exclusive content, that's for sure. You get Sean, Sean Ross who does a Q&A session that lasts like 17 million hours. No, no, it's not that long. It's just really, really great and he gets a lot of questions. Uh, you get uh, Steven Jensen who covers all stuff non-WWE related. You get uh, extra content from the Wednesday List in Your Boy Podcast Plus. As if all of that wasn't enough for you to just go over there and, and plunk down the money and subscribe to Fightful Select, you get the main event, The Draw. Alex Pulowski with his Sour Graps Reviews of Raw and SmackDown, and we're privileged to have Alex with us on Wednesday evenings. How you doing, Alex, tonight? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I know I was supposed to wear something even more American this week than my hat last week, and I wasn't able to get the face paint to paint my face like the flag. Uh, I thought about wearing, like, just, like, a printing out a picture of the new United States Championship belt, and just wearing it over my face, uh, but instead I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing a shirt. I don't know if you can see this. It's got Gizmo from the Gremlins dressed as Rambo, and I contend there's nothing more American than a little dude pretending to be a big dude because he's got a weapon in his hand. For sure. Anyway, <laughs> well, there you go. That sip, as they say in the context. Uh, so uh, be sure to check out Alex every 
uh, twice a week, actually. I was going to say every Monday and Friday, but not necessarily Alex. It's Tuesday and Saturday. It's mostly, that's mostly his, his, his routine. Uh, he really yeah. takes time to digest the proceedings. <laughs> um, otherwise, we have with us our other good friend and, and, up and a new loyalist to the show, Louis Dangour. Uh, who, uh, who, joined, who you, you can find him over on Wrestle Talk as well on, on, on Twitter. Louie, Louis, you put on, we, we told you last week you needed to be a little more festive, a little more, a little, uh, a little more fighter festive since you cover AEW for us. And I, I'd say mission accomplished. I don't know about you. Well, I'm depressed. <laughs> have to be honest. <laughs> I, putting on my Hawaiian shirt has made me realize I'm not going to be able to go away this summer. And this is probably the only time. Why? Be, this because is my... you broke the bank buying a shirt? Yeah, I mean, there, there's not a global pandemic prohibiting oh, right. uh, no, international sure. travel. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, 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 I was cheered up very much by a fantastic night of wrestling. So yeah. um, I'm looking forward. Looking forward to talking well, about it. Well, we're going to s- quite slowly but surely get into it because uh, just before we do, I want to remind everyone that if uh, if you want to show a little more support for Fightful, if you you know if you don't want to go the route of Fightful Select, you're just like, here, guys, you know, we like what you do here right now. Well, you can drop us a super chat and I will read your question and or comment live right here, such as the comment that we received from Evan Wright by the way, thank you very much, Evan. Who says sour grabs is some of the some of the best content out there? There's a good, uh, a, a rousing review. That's a, you know, if that was a Yelp review, that'd be easily a four stars, Alex. Well, you know, that's that, that that's uh, high high that's high praise. I'll say that. And Immortal left us a super chat says all for Alex and him rocking out as he sang Judas. I cried laughing during that video because yes. Uh, Alex and was it Jeremy? Jeremy right. Lambert. I couldn't yeah. recognize him with the mask. Uh, <laughs> Alex and Jeremy sang Judas as a uh, as a treat for the uh, for hitting a milestone, a subscription milestone over on uh, Fightful Select. You guys should check that out because it is pretty good. Anakin JMT left us a super chat saying, um, "Working again, so I'll just listen. Have a great show, and I look forward to watching tomorrow to find all the gifable moments." Oh, we're counting on Louie for all of those. Zach Barber left us a uh, a super chat, uh, said, uh, well, I think AEW won this one, gents. Well, uh, let's let's do our little one-word victory uh, uh, poll. Alex, who do you think won tonight? AEW. Louie, who do you think won tonight? It's a one word. It's a one word victory poll. It's not an open ended question. All that I'm really happy here is that I don't have to voice my opinions. You guys will just have to mysteriously wonder which one I preferred tonight. So we're going to start then with AEW. Um, By the way, uh, Evan Wright left us a, a super chat as well. Says, uh, loved AEW from top to bottom tonight. Next week looks incredible. Inject Lucha Bros versus FTR and Omega and Bucks versus Jurassic Express into my veins. They're leaning hard. Just before we actually get into the, the review, Louie, they're really leaning in hard onto the tag teams. We know that they have the best tag team division in, uh, in probably all of North American wrestling right now. Uh, you could make a case for international wrestling as well. 
but yeah, I mean, when you're announcing Lucha Bros and FTR and Omega and Bucks versus Jurassic Express for next week, and this would be the third week in a row that uh, the Elite Boys are defending the titles, uh, that uh, that says something, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's two fantastic matches with let me work with 10 great very talented people so i mean they've got me more excited for fight for the fallen than i probably was for either night of fighter fest so i'm really looking forward to those i mean ftr lucha bros wow like wow wow wow. that's one of those that we were kind of excited to see you know maybe outside of the young bucks because you know we know lucha bros uh, their style of tag team wrestling doesn't exactly mesh with uh, with the philosophies of FDR. So that'll be a good one. Boris Nisnevich, thank you very much for the super chat, Boris, says, The Puppy Rumble was amazing and adorable. Now, full disclosure, I don't know when the Puppy Rumble occurred, Louis, and I think we should get this out of the way right now. In Canada, I think we got we got commercials. The Puppy Bowl did not air. The Puppy Rumble, excuse me. The Puppy Bowl is another thing. The Puppy Rumble didn't air for me. Give me your thoughts on the Puppy Rumble. Did it live up to expectations? I didn't say it. <laughs> it, it. It wasn't on my stream, so... I don't know. I, I, I Wasn't it scheduled for... I saw it scheduled on YouTube for 3, well, 3 a.m. my time, so immediately after... Was it immediately I think that was okay. it, because everyone's been talking about it like right on Twitter, right after the show got over. So yeah, I didn't see it either, because I didn't know that's when it was. And um, Well, it's starting you know. to make sense, because there's more Super Chats coming in regarding the Puppy Bowl, and I was starting to feel sad. And about Puppy, and Rumble. puppy, Rumble. puppy, puppy Rumble. Rumble, Puppy Rumble, excuse me, I'm, I'm, we're going to get sued. Uh, <laughs> so, so could someone explain to me what this Puppy Bowl is Rumble. as a Brit? <laughs> whatever what is going it's on puppies in a ring i don't know jeff williamson williamson left us a super chat and says thank you by the way will uh, jeff excuse me will uh, see that's your last name and i decided to call you will just for short we're getting into the real wednesday night war the fightful post show versus the aew puppy battle royal hey you know what you know what i, I can i could probably get a couple of sources to confirm this but i'm pretty sure that Snuggling a puppy is nothing to comparing. Uh, it's nothing to compare snuggling up to Alex Pulowski. but I'd have to I'd have to con- double confirm on my sources for that one. Um, yeah, so let's go right ahead then. Uh, Louis, we'll talk about the first match, the first actual match that didn't involve canines: Private Party versus Page and Omega. Uh, this. Uh, this one started off, it had a really good pace throughout, Little, uh, a little sh- short, I found, but still pretty effective. Uh, the Elite were early on in control of, of, uh, of uh, Mark Quinn. Uh, Page hit his fallaway slam into a pinning bridge, which I always like. Quinn b- blocks a Kataro Crusher, uh, which allows uh, Cassidy to hit the uh, silly string on Omega. Uh, there's a double Spanish fly by Private Party on Kenny Omega, which was pretty cool. Um, Paige power bombs Quen on Cassidy. Uh, sorry, there's actually this actually happens because Kenny Omega does the "you can't escape" maneuver, where he sunset flips Quen onto Cassidy, and then Paige arrives to power bomb Quen onto Cassidy, goes for the cover but can't get it done. Uh, but it's the uh, gin and juice is prevented, and it's the 
buckshot lariat v trigger combination that does the trick for our boys in the elite short fine i'd like your thoughts louis on this yeah it was slightly short i thought still a good match and obviously private party having them work with hangman page and uh omega was 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 a good was a good choice and i think it elevated them and they they've come out looking a lot better afterwards i mean they've had that recently where obviously matches with Santana and Ortiz and I mean the Young Bucks dating back to the first episode of Dynamite or one of the first and then uh, uh, Hang- uh, Hangman and Omega here so put them in sort of big matches with um, with big uh, big opponents where they don't always have to win uh, so they, they get put over in defeat so I think AW's done that well and our private party could be sort of a big player in the tag division uh, over, over the next few years but yeah I, I thought this match was good but I was just sitting there thinking I wished it was Santana and Ortiz, selfishly. I wish they won the match last week, and I wish it was them, purely because I think that AEW's tag division is so stacked that, if anything, Santana and Ortiz have been, unfortunately, the victims of perhaps it being too sort of too many tag teams in there, and they just can't find a place to shine. But um, I think that it, it was nice to see, obviously, Private Party in there, and the match was good for, for what it was. But yeah, albeit a little bit short, as you sort of alluded to earlier. Lee Lewis left us a super chat. Uh, thank you very much, Lee says. Warren, who won? AEW or NXT? Hey, the consensus was AEW. My opinion doesn't matter uh, at this point. My opinion, really. You actually told me, Let's... you told me before the show that you preferred Raw from uh, from. Hang Monday. on a second. We're going to start leaking tape if this kind of slander keeps happening. Um, Kane Hornless left us a super chat. says, the Elite versus Jurassic Express is a non-title match because it's Young Bucks and Kenny, not Kenny and Paige. Oh, really? Is that what we're... I uh, is that what we're getting next week? Because I'm the new guy. Because I'm the new guy and you said, uh, and you said it. I didn't want to correct oh, you. Okay. So I just, I just sort of went along with it and was like... Yes, well, please. thank you. Thank you, Kane. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Evan Wright left us a super chat as well. Says, Matt Hardy mentoring Private Party is real great. Giving back to the business and helping out some younger wrestlers on the shows. Very good stuff, in, in my opinion. Kind of harkens back, uh, Louis, to uh, Doc Hendricks, Michael Hayes, doing exactly that to the Hardy Boys. There's a bit of a full circle thing going here. Yeah, I think uh, Matt posted sort of a side-by-side picture. Uh, of, of of those two uh, those two uh, sort of tag teams to, uh, together, so I think it, it's great. Um, Hardy being in that sort of leadership role works well. Um, I presume he probably doesn't want to wrestle every week. His body's probably at the stage where he'd probably like a week or two off. So I think it's a great way to have him on TV and establish him that way. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 a great use of him, and hopefully he can elevate Private Party in in sort of in their segments together. And I hope that if Jeff does leave WWE and we get a Hardy boys versus private party match at some point, that'd be pretty cool. WWE are going to do everything in their power to hang on to Jeff Hardy. By God. Well, I mean, they're treating him really well in story. Bad job of it right now. (laughs) They're running him out of town on a rail on an alcohol bottle shaped rail. My God, why would I ever want to work for that company that made me do that? Well, you know, people have stayed for... You can catch more of those opinions on my Saturday night SmackDown review on Sour Graphs on Bible Select. Lance Archer beat the living hell out of Joey Janela in the next match. Uh, Archer, instead of coming out with 
some dude backstage comes out with Sonny Kiss on his shoulders and tosses him onto Janela. And the story of this match was Joey Janela taking a beating. And there's Joey Janela is just one of those guys, Louis, who uh, who knows how to take a proper beating. Uh, he made Lance Archer look like uh, like a monster tonight. Yeah, uh, MVP of the match for me. Uh, probably put in the most selfless and arguably one of the best performances of the whole night out of anyone Joey Janela did. He sold his arse off for for Lance Archer. Um, this match was perfect, I thought, actually. It was accomplished everything it needed to. It got Archer over as sort of an unstoppable monster. It, uh, Janela sold his arse off, looked a bit resilient in defeat, but didn't get too much in to the point where it took me out of it. But yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I, I really, really liked this squash. I thought it was a perfect squash. Long enough where it made Archer look really dominant, uh, but not too long that it dragged. But yeah, this was, I'd argue, perfection. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, it actually was a, a very good beating. It was a, indeed a fantastic performance by Janela. Janela at some point reverses out of the blackout, tries to take uh, Archer down, hits a super kick and a knee to get uh, to get Archer off balance. Jake Roberts distracts with that with that bag, which we assume contains a snake. Uh, and uh, that allows uh, Janela and Kiss. It backfires, though. It allows Janela and Kiss to hit some double-team offense. Uh, Janela with a top rope senton and Kiss with a 450 splash, but it's still not enough to put Archer away. Archer, in fact, wins the match by hitting the blackout on Janela off the apron and through a table, gets him back into the ring for the pin. This was good, strong stuff. Um, Alex, I'm glad that they're leaning back into giving... Lance Archer, a monster role. I think that's where he excels. Kind of tapered down a little bit after, uh, uh, cooled down anyway, after the TNT uh, championship loss. But, uh, I mean, if you want to start building him back, you could have done a lot worse than uh, booking him against Joey Janela tonight. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess I, I, I figured the match would last about a minute. Like, what what it what is what is I mean I I've never really understood the whole I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make it last while I beat you up long enough for you to get in some offense and be resilient and make me look like a chump until I finally put you away I I just like I feel like they really really struggle with these with these guys they bring in as being monsters and then they run up against the guy that they that they're not allowed to be booked to beat and then they have to like build themselves back up again. It's, it feels like there's a lot of peaks and valleys. We, just, we talked about this last week with Archer and also with Brody Lee. Like they're like at this point, you, you gotta you gotta bring in one of your one of your maybe it's gonna be Cage. I don't know, but you gotta bring in one of your guys and like push him all the way. Don't push him to to like hit like why, why would a guy like Lance Arter, Archer come up hit a glass ceiling and go oh well I better stay down here then? Why don't he just punch through it? He's friggin' like. He's a he's the murder hawk, like murder the glass ceiling. And, That's I, I want. I need to see them do that once before I start thinking this is a pattern. You guys bring in these big dudes, you make us believe they're monsters, then they lose their first big match, and then all of a sudden they get taken back down. They got to build them back up again. We're getting it next week. We'll see. We'll see how this goes on. But uh, point taken. Evan Wright left us a super chat again. Thank you, Evan. Says. Uh, people forget how great Janela can be when given the time. His two matches with Omega, uh, his match with Cody at the start of the pandemic, 
great hand to have. I think he's a little more than just a great hand. I think he's really good at what he does. His two matches with Omega, especially the one that they had on Dark, was a pretty cool stuff. Darby Allen uh, coffin drops from really, really high onto uh, soft things. So, okay, that's cool. But now we get into a talking point, Louis. Taz and Brian Cage come out. Taz has an announcement. He says he's here for an iconic moment because tonight, uh, Brian Cage was supposed to fight fight John Moxley, but Moxley is under self-quarantine right now. And he was supposed to walk out as a W champion, right? But he's not getting the title. So instead, Taz comes out, brings a title that he says he created, something that he poured his life into, and pulls out the FTW title. And it, FTW, folks, doesn't mean for the win. Um, it's, uh, wait, wait. No, I swear, I promise, it's not worth, It's that's not what it means. Um, this is a title that does have history, the FTW title, and it's an ECW storyline where uh, Taz brought in that title because he was, uh, because Shane Douglas was ECW world champion at the time, who was legitimately injured, if memory serves me right, was, he was in an angle where he was ducking Taz, uh, and Taz was like, fine, I'll create my own world championship title, and, uh, so basically, uh, walking around with his own Reels world champ, uh, real world championship, uh, and, um, Taz says that, uh, he, uh, that the fans, uh, appreciated the message conveyed by the belt represents contempt for bosses in society. And he says, this is some renegade shit, Louie. This is some renegade shit. It, 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 it was, I think because for me, I didn't grow up with the FTW championship being a thing. It happened pretty sure before I was born or if not before I was born before I could walk. Um, God, I'm old. Yeah. What do you mean? So, yeah. Um... Anyway, continue. <laughs> Go on. Continue. Um, so I didn't have sort of the nostalgic sort of emotional connection to it that I'm sure a lot of people did. Where they were like, whoa, that's cool that I watched that growing up. Um, but I appreciate the sentiment to it. And I like that they just sort of acknowledged it and had... Um, I-, I liked how sort of Taz said he poured his heart into it and then gave it to Cage because it sort of highlighted how strong their tandem is. Um, it makes sense because he, just... he did bestow onto, ta- onto Cage his, his tagline, you know, uh, survive if I let you, you know, it's like it's... So it does make sense. Do continue. But um, one more thing. So Cage's entrance music is, uh, so no one can survive the path of Cage. Mm-hmm. So if Moxley beats him next week, do we change the entrance music? Do we have no one can survive the path of Cage? And then like in small little letters at the bottom, Apart from John Moxley? I think there's an argument to be made that there was a roadblock and maybe, you know, the, the path was... They had to contour it or something. You know, there might have been a little... Hey, some road work hey, or something. Is it, was it a roadblock end of the line? Um, <laughs> Alex... Uh, I want to yeah. say that it was... It, this The FTW Championship was introduced on May 14th, 1998. So... Uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely been a while. But I what I want to say is the, the wonderful little tidbit that Wikipedia tells me 
is that it was introduced at an event called It Ain't Seinfeld, which I just think is such a wonderful That'd old, be fat. I old agree. reference. I agree. Like, this is the, if you want to know what late 90s ECW was, they had an event called It Ain't Seinfeld. It's perfect. perfect. So if, if it's May uh, 1998, that is over two years before I was born. Yep. Well, there you go. The um, I got to tell you, maybe Alex, it's, I'd like to tap in, into your brain here, a little, maybe a little more. You know, there AW. I feel, you know, they they like to cater to a lot of fans, and maybe it's maybe it's me, right? It could be just me, but you know, there's a part of them where it's like we're going to do things, we're we're doing things differently, and we're you know we're moving wrestling forward. Then you have a whole undercurrent that exists that's very old school you know we like to go back to old school matches the way things are used to be done and then bringing in the 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 ftw the ftw title uh which essentially was part of taz's gimmick where he was like yeah you know this is counter current and 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 him insisting on the fact that this is renegade shit this is renegade shit are they trying to spread a little too much and be in all sorts of directions old school mud show uh like i don't know i'd like your thoughts i mean i i i think they're i think they're trying to figure out exactly where where they're they don't want to be too niche we want to we want to be able to bring in to bring it a big tent like it's uh, it i i feel like if they're if they're going to be just this for people who like this one thing of wrestling and feel like WWE doesn't give them that one thing, you can have a lot of really devoted fans mm-hmm. who, who, who like that niche. But then other people will watch it and go like, well, that's not my thing. I'll just go back to the tried and true thing, you know, where, where, a, where a dude throws pee in another man's face. Because I'd, I'd rather watch, watch that because I know I'm going to get a variety of things as opposed to this one niche thing that's not for me. So what AEW is saying is like, we have a lot of niches. So for people who are thinking, I never want to see another man, um, one man throw pee in another man's face. I never want to see that. But I'm willing to see other things that wrestlings can do. Maybe they'll watch AEW and become a devoted fan Touché. of that. Touche. Because it reminds me of a buffet because of the of the lack of pee throwing is what I'm saying. <laughs> it remind AEW reminds me of like a buffet, but without pee. No pee in the buffet. Yeah, no, no, there's no pee in the buffet. No, nope. no pee in the buffet. No. The, if you don't like the meat option, there's the fish option. If you don't like the fish option, there's the vegetarian option. There is something for everyone, which I think works well. Like for me, I didn't get the sort of big FCW sort of uh, hype, and I didn't really get the the big sort of nostalgia pop that I'm sure they were hoping for. But I also enjoyed some of the other stuff that they put out. Like it, it, it's sort of, there's something for everyone, which I think is why AEW does work so well. Evan Wright left a super chat says to quote a Twitter post would Loki like to see Mox get a hold of the belt, take the FTW tape off the belt and put a Mox on it and uh, on it instead. And you get Mox three belts. That'd be pretty funny. I agree. That'd be that. That'd be interesting. Rafael Garcia left us a super chat. Thank you, Rafael. Says, is there is there a, a thing as too much nostalgia for AEW? Well, you know, you could argue that these days WWE are leaning into it pretty hard, and maybe not in ways that 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 interest us. I think there's uh, Louis. There's always place for nostalgia and wrestling, right? It's kind of 
part and parcel. Yeah, I think it, it works well. And obviously, if AEW is trying to get in those laps, fans sort of references to the Four Horsemen, references to the FTW world, uh, FTW title, stuff like that will will help and will make, I guess, fans think of a what they might assume to be a happier time in wrestling. So I don't think that they're doing it too much um, at all. Evan, right to your point, left us a super chat, says, got to get the lapsed fans back who got sick of WWE. Exactly. Rob Wilkins left us a super chat to make sure that that we're able to pinpoint this in time. He says, it ain't Seinfeld happened night of series, the night of the series finale. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That was like, well, if you don't want to watch the series finale, which it turns out was like the worst episode they ever did. Um, then you could have tuned in and, and, and watched It Ain't Seinfeld because it was not Seinfeld. Anakin JMT left us a super chat as well. Says, Warren, would the roadblock be considered over the line? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then we got it. Eight-man tag team match. Lucha Bros and Butcher and the Blade defeated FTR and the Young Bucks. Leonza Duncan said the eighth man is what won it for me. If not, I would have picked NXT. I mean, it is. I agree. This one was. It's hard not to have, not to come out of this one pumped. Of course, first and foremost, Rick Knox is refereeing this, so everyone gets to do whatever the hell they want. Um, there's so much great stuff that happens here. FTR hitting a pop-up power slam on Phoenix. I was really looking forward to seeing FTR and the Lucha Bros go at it, and it was great. The Young Bucks have some great fast-paced action, while uh, Butcher and Blade great get some great, fantastic power offense in. Um, Nick uh, Nick Jackson hits a really nice jumping Hurricane Rana off the top rope onto Phoenix. That was fantastic. Um, and then we start seeing one part of the story here of the match is the teamwork between the Young Bucks and FTR. Because as you know, they're running a risk. We, do we like each other? Well, we respect each other. Don't know if we like each other, but we definitely respect each other. And that teamwork came across here. Cash and Nick hit a nice uh, combination super kick dragon suplex. Uh, Matt fakes a, a kick on, on Blade and Dax runs in with a DDT. Uh, and, uh, Cash and Nick hit the Goodnight Express on Phoenix, uh, throughout all the, in, all the, the proceedings, Louie, up until this point, the storyline between FTR and, and the Young Bucks was, it was really interesting. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. One of my favorite tag matches in history is the NXT DIY versus Authors of Pain versus sure. Revival, um, three way. And one of my favorite spots in that was when I can't remember which one for the life of me. It was one of Revival and one of uh, DIY did the meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. And one of DIY and the other of DIY and the other of Revival did the Shatter Machine. And I, I liked that. I thought that that was really a nice touch. And then sort of, the I guess, the, the callback to that when uh, when you had, uh, I, again, can't remember which one of the Young Bucks and which one of FTR hit the, hit the I guess, the, I think they're calling it the Goodnight Express now. Uh, hit the good night express and the other one hit the uh spike pile driver so that was really nice but yeah i i, I like the the story of the match i mean i've i've said on here before that i thought it was slightly lazy storytelling the whole we can't coexist but i think 
they didn't overdo it like WWE would have overdone it, where one of them they goes for the tag and the other one drops down because he doesn't want to work with the other one. I think that they worked it well to the point where it didn't was wasn't too much in your face. But yeah, I thought this match was awesome, like really, really, really good. It was chaotic, but had a lot of storytelling involved. I mean, one of my favorite parts was obviously uh, Cash putting on no. Yes, Cash putting on uh, Penta's uh, glove, but obviously not just putting on Penta's glove. That's also similar to the black glove that Sean Spears has got. Obviously, the links with Tully Blanchard to the Four Horsemen thing. Sort of subtleties is there where you're rewarded for watching watching and keeping up to date with everything. And then I think when he was putting the glove on, he did it like this with his four fingers. So you're like... Okay, there's obviously teasers here, which which I really liked. So I thought the storytelling in this match was awesome. The in-ring action was even better. I mean, watching, I don't know why this made me laugh, but when Butcher and Blade were driving down and in the front seat of the car, you just had the Butcher sat next to Ray Phoenix. And I don't know why that made me laugh, but the thought of those two just in a car together for hours having a chat, which is, it just, it really just made me laugh. Uh, but yeah, this was brilliant. Like really, really good. And I think the placement of it was, was really good as well. It, if I was, uh, if I wasn't doing this and I was watching AEW and NXT, I would have been very much enticed to stay on and watch the show. I wouldn't have ever been tempted to flick over. So it was fantastic. Yeah, this match is recommended viewing. Uh, if only to see, uh, the uh, if only to see Phoenix hitting a destroyer on uh, Nick Jackson off the apron to the floor. But don't worry, people. There, there was a bunch of guys there to catch them all. But still, well, that's that was my thing with it is that you can't possibly like figure out exactly where that's gonna go with a group of people. Like it's very possible when you're doing that that. Jackson's top of Jackson's head comes down right on the top of somebody else's head. And then you have two compressed spines. (laughs) Like that's just, that's just a, that is, that is a spot. I watched it and, and I said, well, okay. Okay. Now guys, we, we, we don't have to kill each other. They're in a ratings war. They have to win the demo. They have to win the demo. In this ratings war, there are going to be casualties <laughs> if we keep doing damn Canadian destroyers over the ropes to a bunch of dudes. That's all I'm saying. Anakin, we have we have to be willing to accept casualties in this war if we're going to keep doing things like this. Anakin left us a super chat, said, without even seeing it, I'm guessing the mutual respect FTR and Young Bucks have works better than Viking Prophets. Oh, you have no idea. You have no <laughs> idea. Despite this, but to be fair, this match this match missed a group of ninjas. <laughs> I think that and and, if... and, a, and a dumpster gator. Dumpster gator was sorely lacking in dumpster gators. The match did did come to an end due to miscommun- miscommunication between FTR and the Young Bucks, uh, which allowed uh, Penta to get the pin. But this was. Fantastic, folks. Can't put it over enough. You should. If you haven't seen it, go out of your way to watch it. It's a good time. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Says, I want to see them team up again. Give me Bucks FTR versus Lucha Bros. 
TH2, give me eight-man tag belts. He's kidding on that, but, I mean, this type of match just showcases the depth and the wonder of the tag team division, and that's what's fantastic. It was a showcase for the tag team division, and you can you can see just how easily FTR is going to, uh, is going to fit right in. <laughs> Evan left a super chat and says, Louis is right. It did miss Shaq in a ninja outfit. The match did. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, a f- oh. funny, funny story about that. So, you know, when Akira Tozawa came out, I, I, so I did the post show with, um, with Sean and we both thought Akira Tozawa was EC3 <laughs> leading. I don't know why, but I think it's easy to so tanned. Yeah, well, that would we be both it. Yeah. EC3 leading the released superstars all yeah. to reinvade WWE. So we were like, this is brilliant. This is fantastic. And then it was Akira Tozawa. But um, I will say on this match, I was surprised initially. So I shouldn't have glossed over that like it was nothing and then just moved on that I thought Akira Tozawa was EC3. But um, on this match, I was surprised initially that they didn't have FTR win. But knowing what we know now... And what we'll see next week, it does make a lot of sense. And just, again, proves that people in the higher positions in AW, the bookers, know what they're doing. So, and it, it was me sort of going, oh, no, why didn't they win? Why didn't they win? This is awful, throwing things over the room. But then, you know what, we're getting the match next week, so it's fine. So, uh, I think that, yeah, it, this was, if you watch anything from AW this week, watch that. Big Swole is not allowed inside the building, and then... AEW, AEW official is serving her papers along with uh, serving her Alex Marvez as an interviewer. Uh, and uh, the papers say she can't get in. So she gets mad. She says, I drove three and a half hours to get here. You couldn't have faxed them to me? Snail mail? She's not wrong. But later, she does sneak into the building to confront uh, Britt and uh, Britt Baker, who's still in her palatial chair, and uh, and Rebel. She tosses the papers to Rebel, who, whose hand whose hand ricochets and hits Britt Baker on the nose, and a disaster occurs. And I love the fact how Swole here at some point went, with, with all the goings on and all the hands, and Rebel was going like this, trying to push her away. I think I think I heard Big Swole say, "Get those palms away from me! I ain't Jesus." Simple, effective. I mean, this wasn't uh, some short thoughts on this, Louis. It, it wasn't a big segment, just very, very short, but geez, it was effective. Yeah, they're doing very well to sort of keep the Britt Baker and Big Swell feud going while, while Baker can't wrestle. But I would actually have had N- Swell wrestle instead of Nyla Rose on this show. And have that because Swell hasn't really wrestled. I know she wrestled on Dark, but once again, don't tell me anything that happened on Dark Matters because it doesn't really. So um, I would have rather seen Swell uh, in this position than Nyla Rose was in uh, having a match and extending the feud that way. Perhaps have Britt with a microphone during the match, basically just trying to talk to Tony Schiavone and just not giving a shit about the match. I would have preferred that. But um, th- this was, again, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant way to keep the feud going while Britt can't wrestle. So, yeah, 
thumbs up for Remember, me. folks, if I'm not uh, covering your Super Chat right now, it's because we're going to tie it into a segment later on the show. Don't worry. I'm taking note of them. You're all going to get your time in the limelight. Uh, speaking of Nyla Rose, well, she defeated Kenzie Page and Kylan King, Killin King, Ky- Kylin? Anyway, uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of female enhancement talent. And then after the match, took the microphone and basically said that eh, she's getting a manager. But uh, we don't know who. She said she's not ready to announce it. Louie, I mean, her her point makes sense because she she's essentially saying, hey, you know what? All the people who have managers here are having uh, tremendous amounts of success. Well, at least Cody and, and Brian Cage are. Why, why shouldn't I? Makes sense to me. Do you have any thoughts on who uh, who this could be? Her mystery manager could be? I would quite like it to be a man who is smaller than her. Okay. To highlight just how sort of big of a presence she is. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that her reasoning and explanation was fantastic. And I really appreciated that. Her saying, oh, I want a manager because look at the two. two she gave two examples. Two people that have managers. One's a champion and one's challenging for the championship next week. So her reasoning was... People with managers are clearly doing well for themselves. I'll get one for myself. So I really like that. Um, I've always liked the idea of a manager, sort of a a manager having multiple clients, I guess, sort of like a uh, Zelina Vega sort of thing. Uh, so I was thinking perhaps Tully Blanchard. I'd quite like to see that. And then you get the odd sort of couple pairing of Sean Spears and Nyla Rose. And I think you could have some cool segments uh, involving those two. I've also seen Vicky Guerrero's name thrown about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be really cool. Like they're, they're complete polar opposites, I guess you have Nyla Rose, not say anything. I wouldn't have her speak for a year or however long she's with this manager and have Vicky cutting her promos. And then you have the sort of Vicky who's great at getting heel heat and sort of completely the opposite to what Nyla Rose is. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure who her manager could be. AEW's done quite a good uh, job of having, like, the older legends like Taz, like Arn Anderson, like Jack Roberts. I think Jack Roberts would be cool as well, having uh, him uh, with, with the beast in the man's, men's division and the beast in the women's division. So I think there are very, uh, very much options that AEW could go down. So we'll see how... Um, how it plays out. I presume it's going to be one of those long extended things that takes sort of a while and they tease it out, but I'm excited. Well, I think it's going to be Vicky Guerrero. There you go. And I mean, she has been hanging around and it would make sense. Yeah. No, she, yes. The way that she's, she's got a familiar presence. She has a very strong voice. Does she now? I feel like that's, I feel feel like that's the joke. That's what, that's what Nyla said. Something about her voice being strong. I was like, well, there you go. There's the joke. Wait, did did Nyla say she? No, no, no. This this person has a strong voice oh, or okay. whatever. Wow. So that 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 was that was why I uh yeah I was that was that was that was my my little hint. Uh, Evan Wright uh, left us a super chat. Says I'm calling her manager being Jazz. Gut feeling. Well, Jazz is out there. It's not uh, not doing much. Could be fun for her. Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Still a very controversial. Avatar name left us a super chat. Thank you very much. As I noticed, she didn't mention Tully and Spears when she was running down managers. That that is interesting. Because well, Spears isn't winning. 
Yeah, he went on Dark yesterday, but I'm not supposed to talk to you about Dark. Rafael Garcia left us a super chat as well. <laughs> said, imagine pro-Trump Vicky G being Nyla's manager, LMFAO. Yeah, that that's an, an odd pairing. Let's put it that way. Uh, DGMC left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says Medusa for Nyla's manager. Sure. Sure. Why not? Yes. Absolutely. Um, and Evan Wright says Louis uh, left us another super chat. Says, Louis on the Jeff Hawkins grind, grind so close to us. Uh, you're having having shades of good old Jeff. Salutations, Jeff. Hope you're doing well. Next, we have uh, Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, and Stu Grayson versus SoCal Uncensored. The story here of this match, this was a fine match. It was good, Louis. We're going to get really quickly into your thoughts here. Uh, but the story of the match here was uh, was uh, Brody Lee and the Dark Order making sure that Colt understands that they can take care of him. The story of the match was that he was bruised, being thrown into guardrails last week, so he couldn't perform as well as he could, despite the fact that Brody Lee was saying, no, you're not tagging out, you're keep, you keep doing this. But uh, some shenanigans occur, and uh, Lee is able to hit a um, is able to uh, is able to hit the spinning lariat on Christopher Daniels to allow Colt to get the uh, the pinfall victory. And Colt seemed very happy. I'm. S- it's there's still a number of ways they could go with this story, Louis. Your thoughts on the match and uh, the story, please. Yeah, the match the match was really good. Um, I thought it was. It- served its purpose well we got over the fact that Colt who really can't win at the moment was really helped by Dark Order and won and you could see the elation on his face afterwards I presume that we're going to continue this have have him um, have him picking up wins while teaming with them maybe have a singles match where Dark Order don't come out and he loses just highlighting how he can only win if they're involved um, so yeah I thought that was good I love the imagery of Dark Order all coming out and standing on the stage and then having Colt Cabana sort of sheepishly behind them walking into shot. I really like that. I thought that imagery was good. Them sort of all in the plain colours and him in his sort of light and a flamboyant robe, uh, so to speak. So I thought that it works well because on paper, Colt Cabana should not be in the Dark Order. So it really works well and makes his confliction about whether to join the group even more sort of compelling because it sort of goes against everything that he stands for uh we so yeah i thought i thought the story was great the match was great the uh yeah I, I thought this again was booked very very well and i mean anything involving scu and christopher daniels who is 50 years mm-hmm. old proving that he is still one of the best wrestlers around so um yeah th- this this was great i thought it filled everything it set out and uh i was a fan uh, I have a question because I'm—I I, I think I might have missed this. Was was Colt Cabana gored by a rhino? Like I—I I, <laughs> that the bruising on him. Did I miss a match in which he was—he was hit by a well, truck? Because that—that looked horrible. Well, you do yeah. know that the barricades at Daly's place are made of pure titanium, right? I—I I guess I—I I, suppose. Do they? Do the barricades hit back? Did they? As you're running toward them, did they move? With velocity toward your pelvic region and make it look like you're half great. You've heard, you've so, heard of, Jesus. you've heard of unforgiving steel, right? I su- this I, I is suppose. imagine unforgiving titanium, Alex. It's something fierce. Yeah. Evan Wright yeah. left us a super chat. So- says Scorpio Sky is a future world champion. Guy is great. Hey, you're gonna get no no argument here 
Scorpio Sky is absolutely fantastic and has way, way much upside. Uh, Josh Kirsch left, left us a super chat as well. Says, Lucha Bros deserve better in AEW. Well, I mean, they did get the pin on FTR and the Young Bucks tonight. Not not so bad. We haven't seen them in a while because of yeah. travel issues. But, you know, they could be doing worse. I mean, I, and I think that there were plans to obviously have them with Pac as well, which would have been big for them. So I, I think that obviously it looks like at the moment AEW is not doing a lot with them. And in any circumstance, if they weren't on TV for this amount of time, we'd all be sitting here thinking they do deserve better. But obviously, with with current situations, I think when some people are off TV, obviously with the exception of Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Cedric Alexander, and Ricochet, we can't really blame the company that they're working for because obviously with with travel bans and people quite rightly deciding that if they don't want to work, they don't have to work. Obviously, it's it's uh, it's it's a difficult time. Paulix Alowski left us a super chat. Says Kellyanne Conway for Nyla's manager. Sure, it'd be a size difference right there. Um, Rob Wilkins left us a super chat as well. Says, if I was to name an ECW show, I'm going with It Ain't Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Both good shows tonight. FTW should now mean Free the Warren. I I thought that's what it meant. I told you off the bat it didn't mean for <laughs> the win. So That's true. Anakin left us a super chat mm-hmm. again. Thank you, Anakin. Says, Alex, you know Rhino is an impact, not an AEW, right? Not the rhino, a rhino. So you had to pronounce the Y. If you had properly pronounced right. the Y. It's, it's it's actually because you gotta get that, that H in there, so it's like what? It's like Rhino. Rhino. That's what you're gonna Rhino. Sound like Stewie from uh Family yeah, there Girl. You go. Exactly. And then we got our main event of uh Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris Jericho defeating Orange Cassidy. Uh, Louis Cassidy was in uh, was in very, very serious mode tonight. Came out with his gear and the best friends, but he took all the gear off. There were no shenanigans. He was ready to go. And uh, I, I like this. I like the fact that he was in main event mode. That uh, Sure, he did the, the shin kicks, but at some point, but instead of doing a phony sidekick, he just went laid right in a super kick. Um, and to me, this is, I think what was missing to a lot of early Orange Cassidy detractors, and I know there's still a lot of them out there, but I know he's converted a lot of guys since they, he actually started working is that the Orange Cassidy character can flip on a dime on one hand, he's Mm. the slovenly one, but then after when, when he decides to turn it on, he, he turns it on. And I thought this was a good idea to just lean into it right off the bat. So um, you talked about him convinced, turning a lot of people around. I was one of those 
people that wasn't a fan of him signing with AW in the mm-hmm. first place. I thought it, definitely the beginning stages when he was announced, I was like, listen, these two don't mix. You're saying sports-based product, more realism, a real league, and then Orange Cassidy, who's very entertaining, but the two don't mix. But damn, have they booked him to perfection since he debuted. That pack match at Revolution was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You had Hangman Page... Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks have one of the best tag team matches ever. And the majority of the people came out at that show talking about Orange Cassidy and Pac. Uh, He's turned me around. He's turned a lot of people around. He was fantastic here. But I will say this match really missed the crowd. This Mm -hmm. more than anything Mm -hmm. that I've seen recently made me think, damn, the crowd popping for these near falls would have been awesome um, I thought that this did miss the crowd, but again, booked very well. Cassidy being able to sort of, as you say, flip on a dime, go from, you know what, I'm lighthearted, fun, like to make a joke, but when shit gets real, shit gets real, and I'm going to pull my stuff out, pull my finger out and really go for it. And he did. So I thought this was booked really well. A great, a great match. I would have probably not had this as the main event, uh, only because uh, FTR... Uh, the eight-man tag was just so good. I would have had that as the main event and have sort of the two tag tag team sort of division showcases bookend the show. Um, but yeah, very, very, very good uh, match. Yeah, that's, that's all I can say. If Again, if, if you haven't watched this one, I, I would. It was, it was really well booked. There was even some interference from Santana and Ortiz to allow Jericho to get, uh, uh, to get some advantage on Cassidy. Uh, there's the the final segment with all the the near falls was really really good. We got a code breaker, a Michinoku driver. We even saw a stun dog millionaire as well swinging DDT. But that damn Judas effect, man! The greatest finisher in all of wrestling just knocked him out cold. Everyone Boop. hates it. Everyone hates it. But I love it. Of course you do. I tell you what. I tell you. Starting what. to get to know I you. I hit Louis. you with a stone surprised. cold stunner. I hit you with a Stone Cold Stunner, you'll be fine. If I hit you with a Judas effect, you're you're knocked out. It's 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 a painful move. I mean, I don't uh, saying this from someone that's never been in a fight in his life, but um, I I I can see it being a painful move. And when I watch the UFC and the MMA, they do seem to do a lot of back elbows. So I, I don't mind Judas effect. I think it's actually pretty decent. DGMC left us a super chat. Thank you very much. She says, uh, Jericho and Sammy versus Orange Cassidy and Tyson at All Out. Let's go. Well, it's one of the elements there that uh, that uh, we'll see what happens over the next couple of months. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Says, Orange Cassidy is so lazy that he wore the same blood-stained shirt from two weeks ago on Dynamite. Jericho delivered on his tweet uh, into Great Match. Yeah, what do you think? Was it was it was mm, the was the shirt? Did he wear the shirt to pump himself up to remember the blood, or does he just really not care? He just didn't go to the laundromat. I I I presume he never changes his clothes. <laughs> like like he's that he's that he's that like sloth is his deadly sin. I I presume he just he sleeps in those clothes. Like he 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 never showers. Like. I just that's just what I presume. Sorry. Um, I will say though, people stop comparing it to Becky Lynch. The shot of him with the blood coming out of his ear 
They're not even in the yeah, same Yeah, Becky league. Lynch wig is coming out of her back. nose. It's not the same. Not the same league. Just, 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 just no. Freaks of Wrestling Pod... Oh, but, sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Continue. Freaks of Wrestling Podcast left us a super chat. Thank you very <laughs> much. Says, why is AEW treating LAX like clowns and LAX and Lucha Bros were booked much better on Impact? Louis, I know you have some thoughts from this as I just move out of frame for a second. Go ahead. Where are my LAX wins? Where are my LAX title matches? Where? Like, they're the best, one of the best tag teams in the world. And if, if I didn't watch Impact, I would be thinking, these guys are chumps. Why the hell does Jericho want to hang around with them? Uh, they just look like just nobodies at the moment. I, I mean, I'm sure they're having a lot of fun, but just... It's 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 not good enough for one of the best tag teams in the world. Well, that was AEW Fighter Fest Night Two. It's a good show. It was a fantastic show. You guys should check it out. Just as you should continue to check out FightfulSelect.com. If you're not a subscriber already, you should go check out what's offered there, and you can still leave us a super chat. We'll continue reading them, such as this super chat from Anakin. Who uh, says, uh, everyone, please send prayers and good thoughts to Wild Boy and his mom. They find out Friday if she needs another surgery. Wild Boy, good friend of Fightful, a regular in the chat. We're keeping our thoughts, sending you all the warm thoughts we can, Wild Boy. Hope everything works out. D'Lo Diggs left us a super chat. uh, Says, uh, do you guys think the spoilers ruined the winner-take-all match? Also, Orange Cassidy stock went up, uh, went even more higher after tonight, I feel. Well, let's start with Orange Cassidy, first and foremost, and we're, since we're still on the topic. Uh, he put on a great performance, and I mean, wrestling Chris Jericho, you could do, uh, you could do a lot worse, Louis. That's the kind of thing that uh, helps uh, put some eyeballs on who you are. And I mean, people in the know know as well that Jericho is not working with someone he doesn't believe in and doesn't think there's money in. Jericho is probably one of those people. And I mean, he did it. I, I, I presume he's thinking, oh, that's quite cool. I'd like to get involved with that. I wouldn't be surprised if he even pitched working with with uh, Cassidy. Uh, but yeah, I think that this was great for him. Great for Cassidy. Again, AEW doing that thing where you don't have to win to, to be put over. You can be put over in defeat. So yeah, this was very good. Um, but uh, I guess we'll now transition into the into spoilers. But I don't know if you guys knew, but there were spoilers for AEW. The, the whole card was leaked. Did, did you guys not see? I stay away from spoilers. That's one of my muted keywords on yep. Twitter. So yep. I keep away from all of that stuff. Uh, just before we get into your second second part of your super chat, uh, D'Lo, we got another one from uh, Ty Noel. Thank you very much. Ty says, imagine if Orange, Orange Cassidy came out to soft is a sin. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of people in the wrestling business who want to give Enzo some royalties. But hey, you know. Have you heard Enzo is starting a uh, an OnlyFans, not selling any explicit pictures. He is doing wrestling training. I mean, he's right up there. He's, you know, him and Lance, uh, Lance Storm. D'Lo Diggs, uh, the other part of the Super Chat, and I'll throw this one to Alex. Do you think the spoilers ruined the winner-take-all match tonight, Alex? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things. Like, a lot, I, I, ha- I understand a lot of gripes with the NXT main event style, and they certainly hit a lot of those, check a lot of those boxes tonight. Um, I, 
I don't know what I would have been expecting going in. Like, I feel like I would have been like a, this is probably a 65, 70% chance that Keith Lee wins, even if there hadn't been spoilers. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it wasn't like some crazy upset. Like you never would have thought it possible. And the spoilers ruined it. Like I kind of figured that was what they were going to do anyway. So that's, that's hard to say, really. It may have ruined it for some people, certainly. So let's move on effectively to NXT and start our review here. The uh, evening started off the Great American Bash Night 2. Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim in a street fight. Uh, Yim attacks LeRae as she's uh, coming out, doing her entrance. Uh, she knocks her down. She pulls out a ton of toys straight off the bat. Spills quickly into the audience. They find they fight among the PC recruits. Candace messes up the catering table. That's a heel move if I ever saw one. Uh, there's a fire extinguisher spot. Yim drop kicks Larray off a stage through the catering table. Once they're back in the ring, there's some kendo sticks. Uh, lots more toys. There's a table that's set up in the corner, um, uh, like on the top rope. And uh, Larray basically dumps Yim on the chair. She climbs to the corner uh, where uh, where the table is set. Uh, Yim follows up, but Candice hits a swinging, a diving swinging ne- neck breaker off the table for the win. Um, your thoughts on the match, Alex? Uh, there was I was un- yeah right. Like th- th- there there were some really good things. I liked all the stuff that happened like outside. There was that dropkick spot through the table before commercial. Um, there were a few things I really liked. I, I liked the swinging netbreaker off the balanced table onto the chairs as the finish. I hated the the brass knuckle spot because it, it took so long. With my, oh, are those brass knuckles? Let's make sure we get a nice clean shot of those brass knuckles. William Regal would certainly approve. Oh, let's watch as as Mia Yim stands up, makes sure she shows the camera the brass knuckles, winds up for a shot as Candice LeRae is clearly holding a chair in front of her face. Like, if you're going to do that spot where you punch with the brass knuckles and you hit the chair, um, you've got to be able to move the chair in front of your face at the last moment. You can't be standing there with the, with the chair in front of your face as Mia Yim walks up to you to, like, obviously punch the chair it, it totally ruins that whole thing i i, I guess i kind of like that like candace got custody of the brass knucks and used them to kind of set up the, the the neck breaker but that that was not a good spot with with the with the brass with the brass knuckles like that, that's that could have been better also it took me forever to realize that mia yim wasn't wearing suspenders that weren't hooked up over her her uh, shoulders, she was wearing overalls, but the overall straps weren't hooked up over her shoulders. And I was just what waiting for, like, like the leg of a chair or something to get caught in these dangling straps and ruin some spot. Like, why would you have... In a, in a street fight, what's the purpose of dangling straps in, 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 at all? Like, it, just, it, was, it was distracting for the first, I don't know, five, ten minutes of the match. Listen, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how things are settled on the mean streets of Milwaukee, uh, Alex. But uh, you know, I, 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 I can't. I can't attest to you know whether the 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 importance of straps, dangling straps when you're fighting, fighting on the streets. Unless unless you are Bailey Doe straps, I don't want to see any straps in a street fight. 
Bronson Reed de- defeated Tony Nice. Um, this was small, faster guy against big. Yes. <laughs> okay. We can't even talk about the match. We have to talk about the way they set it up. Go Listen, ahead. Go ahead. Bronson there's Reed more, there's actually Tony more to Nese. talk about the setup than the match itself. Go ahead, Alex. Oh my, there really is. Bronson, Bronson Reed and Tony Nese ran afoul of each other before the show started. Next, they'll have a match. And I was like, is that how we're doing stuff at the Great American Batch? People running afoul of each other before the, before the show starts? <laughs> okay, fine. Then they show what actually happened. Apparently, during a dark match, <laughs> Tony Nese was really mean to the guy that Bronson Reed squashed, but then carried him off on his shoulder, and now they become best friends, like a bear and 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 uh, and a fox in the wild in a Disney movie are now best friends because they fought, and and the bear respects the fox for standing up to him, so now they're best friends. And Tony Nice, the jackal, was really mean to the fox, so the bear gets. Re- Why are you having a dark match for the PC recruits? Are you warming up the crowd for the big night? Just get on the loudspeaker, Kevin Dunn, and tell them to cheer louder. What are you doing having a dark match to set up your match that nobody needed to see anyway? Like, I like Bronson Reed, and I'm a bigger fan of Tony Nese than most. The match that you have doesn't need to exist. The setup match for the match certainly doesn't need to exist. But Bronson Reed wins with a big top rope splash, and that's all you need to know. Um, yeah, that because that's pretty much all we needed to know about this match. Good for Bronson Reed getting a getting a W, and good for him sticking up for the Fox. Robert Stone is uh, trying to recruit Shotzi Blackheart, uh, who is uh, ba- outside somewhere. Uh, he takes offense when she declines, and he he's holding a cup with a drink in it. And he, he tosses, he's so angry, Alex, he tosses the content of his cup over his shoulder, and the content, the contents splash Killian Dane, who tosses Stone around a bit, and Shotzi backs up onto, with her tank, backs up onto his leg, leaves him there. What? T- tell me, tell me about stuff, Alex. I, I will say, I do love that, that what Shotzi is doing is she's working on her tank the way somebody might be working on a classic car, you know, <laughs> like getting some new, some new, some new struts, some new shocks, you know, oh, I, I gotta, I gotta get the, uh, you know, the carburetor needs some work on my old Ford Mustang. I'm going to get out here in the parking lot and fiddle with it with this socket wrench set. She's doing that with her pow, pow, power wheels tank. Okay. That's cute. Um, I just, I love that, like, I honestly thought they were doing a baby face turn for Killian Dane. When when Robert Stone throws his drink and he hits him, and then Killian Dane beats him up. Well, now you now it's a baby face, because that's all you need to do, as long as, like, you hate a guy that we hate more than you, now we like you. And so now Killian Dane is a baby face, it's just the way it works. Also, Shotzi deliberately ran over that man's leg. That's like we have a serious problem in WWE with vehicular manslaughter being used as a storyline device. A serious problem. Uh, Louis, there was a lot of there. There were a lot of rumors going around, or at least speculation. Let's call it that. Maybe not rumors. Speculation that oh, maybe they're going to pair up. 
Mercedes Martinez with uh, the Robert Stone brand and, you know, continued the, the Rhea Ripley thing. Now, clearly, uh, they're going to move into a little feud with Aaliyah and Shotzi, which technically Shotzi should be able to make mincemeat out of. Um, is that all the Robert Stone brand is? Like a, a, a gang of glorified enhancement talent? The thing is, was there speculation of Mercedes Martinez, or was it just us? No, no, but uh, <laughs> speculation. There did, was spec- did we get ourselves excited? Listen, I, 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 can, I could give you my sources, but it's not very journalistic of me. I see. I, see. I appreciate that. Um, but no, I, I'm happy it wasn't Mercedes Martinez, mm-hmm. because after last week, no one... Uh, I mean... I. Uh, I wasn't given any reason to care about Robert Stone. He's a joke. Um, Aaliyah's a joke. I think she's won one match in about 12 years, however long she's been there. So I'm happy it wasn't Mercedes Martinez. And um, yeah, I guess they are literally just enhancement talents now, which is a shame. But what can you do? Shotzi Blackheart also says, listen, uh, I'm a solo act. And it's like, didn't you have a tag team title match like two weeks ago? Like, I mean, it's fine if you want to say that, but like, you're lying. You're not, you're a solo act because now Tegan Knox is a solo act. So you don't have your tag partner anymore. But had you won that match for the tag titles, you would not be a solo act. It's a weird thing that they deliberately put lies in the mouth of their talent when they're writing promos for them. It's just stupid. The line drive left, left us a super chat. Thank you very much. It says much like last week, uh, last week's opportunity to use Stone to get Mercedes Martinez to go against Ripley. Well, at least we get some funny segments with Stone. Sure, and at least he's not vomiting on people. So that's the kind of that's the kind of comedy I appreciate. Anakin uh, left us another super chat. Thank you, Anakin. Says at least WWE hasn't made it a requirement that you need to be bald to get run over by a vehicle. Which, which, uh, yeah, it is good. Uh, equal opportunity for uh, for people with long flowing locks or not. Charlie Wolf left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. As I imagine you t- talking about the mean streets of Milwaukee. Says I imagine you take them out with piping hot beer cheese on those mean streets. Hey Alex, sounds about right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's true. Yeah, Pi- piping hot beer cheese is basically a cure all for every situation. Johnny Gargano defeated Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, Gargano or Young uses some uh, joint manipulation to uh, to get the best out of Scott. They do a great sequences of uh, of evasions and dodges that leads to the floor, which was actually I enjoyed that a lot. It was really good. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it ends with Scott hitting a reverse uh, Topicon Hilo on Gargano to the floor. Of course, there's a lot of great back and forth in in this fast paced match. Gargano hits the slingshot spear. Uh, Skull, uh, Scott uh, rolls off the ground, uh, picking up Gargano as he does into a brain buster, which I thought was a very nice spot. They trade some strikes. They both fall to the mat. Gargano poison Rana's Scott on the floor, but it's the slingshot DDT that gets the work, that gets the job done for Johnny Wrestling. Um, this was a fun little match, Alex, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, it was really good. I mean, it was really good. These two guys are, are excellent. I tweeted this out. Like, at the same time this was going on, it was the eight-man tag. 
uh, over on AEW. So you could not go wrong if you if you flip if you if you wanted to flip back and forth, or if you wanted to stay on one or the other, or if for some reason your USA Network feed cut out and you had to go to TNT or vice versa, you were still good. If you had told me in 2016 that a there would be an AEW. And, and in that, I'd be watching The Revival versus Pentagon and Phoenix from Lucha Underground, while at the same time on NXT, I'd be watching Johnny Gargano versus Killshot for Lucha Underground. <laughs> like, I would have had a stroke. I would have had a stroke. Like, like Lucha Underground was my, my favorite stuff back in the day. I hate what they devolved into by the end, but peak Lucha was so good, and Swerve Scott as Killshot was so underrated on that show. I've been a fan of his ever since. So I loved getting to have a chance to watch him go up against one of the OGs uh, from that era, Gargano, and they did not disappoint. This was so good. And it really it bugged me a little bit because I was like, man, you could have figured out a way to like make this into a storyline mm-hmm. as opposed to like Johnny Gargano gets pulled off of like gets like gets into it with Swerve Scott backstage last week because Swerve Scott happened to be there is not a great reason for these two amazing wrestlers to have a wrestling match. Also, for for it seems like this entire time, you've had Swerve Scott, he's been talking about it on 205 Live, he's been talking about it on Twitter. Um, he believes he's the next guy to challenge for the Cruiserweight title from Santos Escobar. But this doesn't look good on the resume if you're moving up there because he lost to another Cruiserweight, even though Gargano's not in the Cruiserweight division. So I'm not sure how how well that looks, but... Gargano is the right guy to go over. It's one of those things where this match, if you're going to book it this way, maybe you don't need to book it, even though the match itself was amazing. They, they, they have these guys that are, that are primed for the next step for something. And, and having that loss hurts that step. But they're up against guys who are so established and need to be kept strong because that, the whole like, NXT rides on those guys. So it's really hard to build these new stars in NXT when they're having great matches, but losing to yeah. guys who are so established that they need to keep winning. That's hard. It's a hard balance. Wister Haran Mays left us a super chat, says, love to see that nobody from the breakout tournament really broke out. Hey, Cameron Grimes. Hang on a second. He's in a big, big program. He's going to be in a match with uh, Damian Priest next week, Alex. Yes, he, he is. He is. Damian Priest got to... <laughs> I, I wish I had a prop somewhere. Damian Priest got to give a promo where he was like on top of a building, like talk, like he's Batman talking talking about how he's gonna beat up Cameron Grimes, and he says uh, something like, uh, uh, "He he's wearing sunglasses because you do when you're at night on top of a building," and and he goes, "Cameron Grimes takes off his sunglasses. I'm gonna beat you next week." Puts the sunglasses right back on, and I was like, "That's not how you do that." Watch David Caruso. You got to have the sunglasses off for the entire time, and then you put them on in one big dramatic flourish at the end. You don't have them on, take them off, put them back on. What does that do? Shout, shout out on. to the Pretty king of self sabotage. There, there, there you go. There you go. See, <laughs> Louis gets me. Um, we see a hype package for Tegan Knox and Io Shirai. That match is happening next week. That's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, Santos Escobar, uh, Raul Mendoza, and Wacken Wild defeated Brizango and Drake Maverick. Brizango and Drake came out as a in a spaghetti western setting, and Brizango were dressed as the conquistadors. Alex, 
Yeah, all, all I can say is that I'm glad they weren't dressed up as a mariachi band. Like, because, I mean, they, they, I understand, let's make fun of the guys we're having a, a, a match against, but you could do it without making fun of their culture. Or the, what I would like to do is I would have loved if they had actually come out in authentic-looking Three Amigos sure. outfits. Because the joke of Three Amigos is it's these white guys dressing up as these, as these outlandish, you know, Mexican gunfighters. Yes. So I think that would have worked, and they could have done out, and they could have done the, <coughs> they could have done the salute, you know, it and would have been great. All, they they had they, all the proper size, the uh, height to do that too. Chevy Chase yep. and Steve Martin and Martin Short, yep. who was short. Exactly. Um, I, th- uh, this was a fine match as well. It was okay. it was quite okay. Um, nothing really to 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 ring to to call home about. Um, Fandango. Uh, Gorilla presses Maverick onto the heels, onto the floor, and then he hits a corkscrew tope after, tweaks his knee in the process, and the heels work it over for the rest of the match. But uh, Drake eventually gets the hot tag on Escobar, gets a Hethes Prez, but Escobar gets the win, uh, gets the pin on uh, Drake Maverick. Uh, Boy, oh boy, uh, good thing they're cooling that Drake Maverick guy off. He was a little too hot, Alex. Well, listen... (laughs) I think the the whole story of Drake Maverick, you know, getting his job back, whatever, was nice and inspirational, but he can't be considered an actual threat to Santos Escobar for this title. Like, if, if like he just he he shouldn't be. Like, I mean, it was a it was a a, a miracle run to the end of the finals, um, and and then he was he's he's. I don't know. Like, I, I really, really enjoy Rockstar Spud's work. Yeah. Um, him as a, as a righteous force for justice is not the best use of Rockstar Spud. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, it just isn't. Um, you, they, they, they keep shoehorning these, these people across all three brands into the absolute wrong spots. Like, Viking Raiders as, as a comedy duo, like... What? And the same thing that you got Drake Maverick being super serious. I am going to get that title belt from you because you wronged me, sir. How dare you? How dare you wrong me? I shall grab that title belt from around your waist, sir. Like, that's not who Rockstar Spud is good. Like, that's not the best use of what he does. So, fine. I, I, I think it's. I think that it's, it's cool to see, finally, like... Um, we're going to see Mendoza and Wild in action again, like for the first time in months. Time. So that, so that's good. I like, I like the way that the, the trio gels together. Um, but I mean, this, this is, I, I, I think there's got to be an emphatic putting down of Drake Maverick so that Santos Escobar can move on to bigger and better things with an amazing uh, cruiserweight division that they're not using right now. Hell, eventually, why don't you? Bust uh, Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali back down from not being used on television so that they ricochet. can ricochet and ricochet as well. I mean, if you're not going to use him either, uh, they, they all they all well, they list ricochet at 207 pounds. Maybe he could lay off the donuts for a week and make weight. <laughs> Let's have these guys have great matches as opposed to hanging out and catering on Raw. Josh Kirsch left us a super chat says Santos Escobar tweeted how he wants the NXT title. Can that be a oh, filler would... feud between uh, before both of their big feuds against Drake and Cross? What do you think, Alex? Mm. <laughs> well, I hope Escobar doesn't have a big feud versus Drake. 
But um, yeah, I, I would certainly not not mind uh, an Escobar using his two buddies to like run interference on on Lee, like have a match and be done with it. That that's fine. I wouldn't mind that because it, it might be interesting to see. Um, but I I I I all I all I also I also uh, don't want to see Cross anywhere near the title. Sorry. Lou is Dangur. Lift us a super chat. Says we should get War Raiders to challenge Santos instead. Hey, you know, should, give them <laughs> something to do. Yeah. Um, next, we had Santana Garrett versus Mercedes Martinez. Um, I mean, proper definition of a squash is right here. Mercedes' strength was put uh, on display. Uh, Santana Garrett's uh, ability to make her own costumes was made on display. Fisherman Buster ends the match. Uh, what can we say about our girl uh, Mercedes returning, Alex? Uh, I, I wish they'd given her a purpose. Mm. I wish she should. I wish she had come out and literally called out somebody. I mean, obviously EO's involved with with somebody right now as as a, as a feud for the for the title. But I I still love the idea of of saying, Rhea, you're um you're a badass bitch. Uh, I think I'm a bigger badass bitch than you are. And I'm Mercedes, like like coming out and and being that, like making that her mission. Um, or anybody. Like I'm not sure who that would be, but. Anybody pick somebody. I think that would be a, a, a better thing is for her to be like come out and have a squash match versus Santana Garrett this week, and then they pick another enhancement talent next week, and another enhancement talent the week after that, and eventually we just get tired of Mercedes Martinez winning two minute matches. Like, let's have her come out and prove herself against some real talent. Louis, any quick thoughts on Mercedes' return to NXT? At least it wasn't with Robert Stone. Yeah, that's, that's all, all I'm going to say. Anakin JMT left us a super chat says, if Damien Priest is Batman, Cameron Grimes is Joker. Not cool Heath Ledger Joker or Mark Hamill Joker, but lame Jared Leto Joker from Suicide Squad. No, he's he's the southern version of the joke Adam West series. <laughs> That's what he is. Hey, Cesaro Romero is pretty good. I like right, him. <laughs> he was also basically the non-southern version of Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Let's move on to the main event and to a bunch of Super Chats. Keith Lee is now your two-belt-holding NXT champion and North American champion. He won them both tonight in a match against Adam Cole. Uh, Let's see here. Charlie Wolf left us a Super Chat, said, uh, says, didn't get to watch yet tonight, but this Super Chat is in memorial of Venus. And Adam Cole. JJ Lee said, Keith did it. Second black NXT champion. First NXT dual champ. Love seeing my people make make history. That is very exciting stuff. Um, TJ Stinger says, uh, left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Says, as a Lee fan since 2017. So happy for him. Even though NXT might not be ready to lose the Undisputed Era right now. It feels like there is nothing left for them to do outside of a Cole rematch. Charlie Wolf left us another super chat as well. Says, I think Keith Lee is fantastic and I'm pumped to see him carry the title. But Undisputed Era, Adam Cole has been my favorite thing in wrestling for a while. Excited to see what's next for them and for Keith. We'll get to some of the other super chats, but let's talk about the match a little bit. Um, I I think you touched on it, Alex. And I think I'll I'll... I'll, I'll I'll pass it on directly to you. 
I think you touched on it a little earlier when we were talking about main event tropes as far as NXT main events goes. This one, if you had your bingo card out, you 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 were very close. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination, but it was really good. Both guys did some great stuff. We got uh, Keith uh, Adam Cole doing a Panama Sunrise on Keith Lee, which is you know an event in and about itself, considering the size and weight difference. But uh, this was not a bad match. Tell me, tell me your thoughts about this match. I mean, no, it wasn't a bad match. Just like it's one of those things where I feel like they are coached to do certain things, um, and it, there's a, there's a way of. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I'll say this: um, when when I was uh, an acting teacher in grad school, um, and and certain people would come to me for like, I want to, I'm doing this monologue, I want to make it like, you know, like better, whatever, like. Um, uh, and I was like, um, well, there's one thing, like, don't, don't overdo this. Um, but you could like, um, when you get really angry, like get up and like, cause you have like, when you're doing a monologue in like an acting class, you got like a chair sitting there, get up. And when you're really angry, like at one point, just kick the chair, you know, like do something cause you, you're not allowed to hit the person. So you, you, you got to lash out somehow. So kick the chair. Maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe. So this this one person I did they they go out and they actually do the the thing and I'm watching it from the stands and she kicks the chair like five times during the monologue <laughs> she's just all the she's angry all the time so she just keeps kicking the chair and that's what I was watching this thing every time somebody is, is, is there's a near fall every near fall they make the I can't believe Shawn Michaels just kicked out of it Undertaker face. Every time, and I'm like, you gotta be able to figure out like what are the levels of the kickout, um, because right now you can't be like, I'm so surprised they kicked out of everything I did to them. That's like you're kicking the chair seven times. Don't don't do that. Like you were saying, your bingo card might be almost full. I think somebody is out there calling out B two nine times during this game of bingo and you're just stamping B2 over and over again because the thing they're calling out is the 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 O face on somebody kicking kicking out of, of the stuff. There's also the the thing where I, I I do like the grab the rope instead of a kick out thing. But in NXT they're 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 very good. Okay, well you gotta make sure that you can get there. So when you're laying on your back before he pins you, scooch a little bit. Just scooch toward the rope. And it's very obvious sometimes. And it wasn't super obvious with Cole tonight, but that that moment I was I was watching it like he scooched. But I like the one finger and that's fine. But I wonder about this. Can Keith Lee see that Adam Cole could barely get the strength to put a finger on, then grab his arm off the rope, corral the arm? corral the leg again and put it like pin him again and if he can do that why doesn't anybody ever do that when somebody grabs the rope if the person's still laying there pin him again they obviously don't have a lot of energy left to kick out of stuff so there's certain things that like the way that those matches are booked leaves holes which Mm -hmm. doesn't help because these two guys are killing each other and themselves for god's sake adam cole do a full rotation on your backflip cell of a clothesline, otherwise you're gonna die. Like, again, I've been saying, we're gonna have casualties in this ratings war. I didn't realize that Adam Cole was gonna kill himself. 
so these, but I, I thought some of the spots were really great. I, I loved um, like that moment where Keith Lee does the, the spirit bomb. Like he, he reverses the Panama sunrise into a spirit bomb picks uh, before he picks Cole up, knowing that Cole is dead weight and I'm going to hit this move on him. I'm going to finish him. He screams out in like a, a like in a picture of like, I can't believe I've got to this point where I'm going to do this like this. Ah, I did it. And I love that moment. It felt so real for Keith Lee in that moment. I loved that. There were things about this match that I loved and I don't hate one time doing the, I can't believe he kicked out face one time. I actually think it works seven, eight times. I don't think it works. The line drive left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says credit to NXT for sticking to their guns after the spoiler. It was the right call. And I feel Lee is the perfect champion for, for this time in terms of representation, which is a very astute observation. Great. I I do want to say though, uh, hang on. Let me finish the super chat. The gentleman paid for it. Great long-term storytelling since November. Louis over to you. (laughs) Keith Lee is a great champion, regardless of representation of of anything i don't want people thinking that wwe have put the title on keith lee because of what's gone on over recent months keith lee is champion because he sure as hell deserves to be double champion and i think that's important while it does obviously send a good message that uh, with what's been going on at the moment he, he's there because he deserves it not because of the color of his skin he's been put there for for pr purposes Christopher Bourdain left us a super chat as well. Says, as an Adam Cole stan, I'm very sad, but I can honest, but I can honestly, honestly say there's no one I'd rather he lose the belt to. Hope my UE boys don't get called up slash split. Louis, what 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 do we do with Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era moving forward now? So, um, interestingly, about three, two, three weeks ago. Or actually, it was the day, a week after Backlash, I ran an exclusive on WrestleTalk uh, that basically said Randy Orton was pitching to work with either Adam Cole or Tommaso Ciampa at SummerSlam. Um, Obviously not saying that that was the plan. That was just something that um, Orton was pitching. Uh, That looks like it's not going to happen now because Raw has about two heels. One of them is Randy Orton. So he's needed likely, very, very likely for a Drew McIntyre feud. Um, I don't know where you go with Cole from here. My hope, my absolute hope is Cross isn't after the NXT Championship. He's after Adam Cole. I know it doesn't look like that now. But I hope that's where we're heading. And he doesn't care about Keith Lee. He doesn't care about the title. He wants Adam Cole and the the uh, what do you call it? The hourglass. The mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the, the whatever the you call it is signalling that uh, Cole's time in NXT is up. Uh, the the that we're seeing going to see the end of UE in in NXT. That's my hope. But mainly just because I really don't want to see Cross versus Lee in a title match now. Not because um. Not because I don't think the match would be good, just because it's it's a lose lose in terms of the winner. But in terms of Cole, I, I hope it is cross. Blake Meek left us a super chat. Said, "Love the goat, Alex. Love the show. Excuse me. Love the show. Alex is the goat. There we go. Uh, we aren't just going to have Keith Lee win the belt. 
for WWE to immediately feed him to Killer Cross, are we? Alex, we did see Cross and Scarlet at the end of the show looking over uh, the celebration of Keith Lee in the middle of the ring. Is that a, are we transitioning directly into that? Do you think? Well, I mean, there's certainly that's what they're signaling. I, I, I hope that's not the case, and they could be doing a swerve. And I mean, I I, I wouldn't mind seeing um, seeing Cross versus basically the entire UE. You know what I mean? Like that that basically that's the that's the thing is that they're all they're a unit. Um, if if if. If if Strong is scared of Dexter Loomis that much, how much? Oh, how do you think? What do you think Strong would be versus Killer Cross? So what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is um, that 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 would be fine because Adam Cole, he was champ for 403 days. He could lose this match to Keith Lee and then lose a feud to Killer Cross, and he'll still be Adam Cole, who was champ for 403 days. He'll win feuds down the line. That's not a problem for me. I, I I'm fine with that. The thing about that Lee you have to look at is that he's not just the NXT champ. He's still the North American champ. Is he going to have to defend both of those things at the same time, like on the same show? Um, Is he going to do more winner-take-all matches? They haven't defined anything as far as, like, who's who's next for this. Finn Balor has said he wants Keith Lee, so maybe we're going to get that. Maybe Finn becomes North American champ. What they did with Becky Lynch, where she was double champ, for like a month and a half, and then she was Raw champ for a year. Like, it's very possible that they have him give up the North American title to somebody who then goes off with that and does something, and he stays NXT champ for a while. But um, they haven't they haven't given us any indication of what that is. Um, but I, I, I will say, I, I do think they made the right choice by, by going with Keith Lee. Uh, I, I think that Adam Cole... His legacy is is sound. I don't think anybody's going 403 days ever again in NXT as the champion. I think that's going to be an amazing thing that he will be able to say forever. And if they do call up the UE and and bring them to the to to, to in the main roster, I I I just I just I just hope Vince doesn't get tired of them the way he gets tired of all these other people that they get brought up. Justin Lopez uh, left us a super chat says since Survivor Series no one has been booked better than Keith Lee. They haven't been messing around with that dude. I agree. He's uh, he. It's been consistent and good. Just as this evening of wrestling once again, and we're gonna wrap this one up with Anakin JMT, who leaves us the ultimate super chat, fellows. So overall, which was better over both shows, Great American Bash or Fighter Fest? Alex Palowski. I'm gonna so narrow, so so narrowly. It's Great American Bash. So narrowly, Louis. <sighs> Everyone's starting with this size. You like it's like you're doing YouTube apologies. We are all the winners. That's, uh, uh, there's the. I don't, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, but. I would say also very, very narrowly uh, NXT. Well, I'm going to give it to Fighter Fest, especially, uh, yeah, because I can. Thank you all very much. Oh, we got one last Super Chat here from Shaw Rong Sap. Says, how about have Keith Lee defend both belts in one match against different opponents? Not a bad idea, Louis. 
Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Like, I guess it's it's a triple threat. So, I don't know. Say he faces Adam Cole and Killer Cross. Killer Cross can only if he wins, he's NXT, he's North American. Yeah, that that could work. And it, I, I, as far as I'm aware, haven't seen anything like that before. So, that, I think that's that's actually a cracking idea. Yeah, first I'd guy, like to see that. First guy to get a pin wins the uh, North American Championship. Second pin, the hey, that'd be good. Not even that. Like I don't know. Say for example, uh, Finn Balor's in the match. He can only win the North American Championship. So if he wins, he's North American champion. Or if Cole wins or whoever, they're NXT champion. I think there's a lot of ways. Or you could do the way you said we could go with that. So I think it's very interesting. There's a lot of possibilities for sure. Louis, why don't you let everyone know where they can follow you and find you on social media and what you got going on this week? Uh, so this week I did an interview with Brian Pillman Jr. Quite timely. So uh, before his AEW uh, dark debut, he spoke about uh, the influences of Chris Jericho and Cody on his career. Interestingly, how Cody, uh, he was having a bit of a dilemma about where, whether to use the Brian Pillman uh, Jr. name. And Cody told him, like, man, just do what you want to do. So that was a very good uh, one. And then he also spoke about his MLW status wanting to do more work with AEW, wanting to face Dustin Rhodes. So a very interesting one. That's over at WrestleTalk Interview. So go on over there, subscribe and check that out. Um, and then, yeah, just follow me on Twitter uh, at the Louis Dangor, where I post everything I do. So that's probably the best way to keep up to date with everything I've got going on. Alex, what about you? Um, uh, yeah, you could follow me at Alex Sourgraps. I do two reviews a week on Fightful Select, um, uh, Raw on Tuesday nights, and uh, SmackDown on Saturday nights. Uh, th- some things that you you might... Uh, we, we, we'd had a discussion, I say we, I mean me and nobody else, because I do it by myself. We had a discussion of, of um, what porn uh, Vince McMahon watches. That was a thing that came up in the, in the show that I, talk, that I did last night. In case you're on the fence about subscribing to Fightful Select, uh, maybe that sweetens the deal for you. <laughs> there you go. There, there. I mean, you got you're pandering to different, uh, many, many different niches. We were talking about niches earlier on. Yeah, well, all... that, that that is definitely a very specific niche. Yeah, very much so. And Matthew Garrett left us one final super chat. Says, does Vince know that NXT is their best brand and should be treated as the premier league? Alex, no. do you think he knows? No. Louis, do you think he knows? No, and I'm happy he doesn't, so he leaves it the hell alone. I don't think he realizes it either. Everyone, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes or at YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Come and see me do my live show tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this evening. We'll see you next time. We're... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.